Hello world, it's John Pinto, your roving realtor, bon vivant video blogger and podcaster. And I am here with Eric Saran, as assistant general manager at HomeGuard and all things roof, home, termite and pool inspections. Happy holidays, Eric. Happy holidays, John. Good to see you. Excellent. You know, you let that beard grow a little longer, put on a red suit. You <laughs> might get a job at Macy's. I knew that was coming, buddy. I knew it. <laughs> You'd be Second the best looking center I ever saw. Ah, God bless you. <laughs> and Rafael, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. How's everybody? Everybody is fine on this end. Uh, so uh, welcome to our next in a series talking about the dreaded, quote unquote, further inspections. In a prior video, we did one on foundations. Now we're going to do chimneys, chimneys. So Eric, let me wax poetic. Uh, as a vigilant, diligent uh, listing agent, I'm going to get all those inspections done out front. I'm trying to minimize the variables. The inspection comes in and I'm reading it and it says on the chimney, the chimney is cracked at the roof line at the shoulders. Uh, and the fire brick lining is deteriorated, uh, blah, blah, blah. So what can you tell us about uh, findings, remedies, next steps on further inspections on chimneys? Well, you, you've basically described a, a worst case scenario for a masonry chimney. Um, and it does happen. Uh, the chimney is cracked at the, either at the roof line or at the shoulder or both. Um, you need to have a qualified mason, uh, someone that specializes in this type of repair, come out and evaluate the chimney uh, to see what uh, type of repair is going to be required there, but it's definitely going to be uh, at the at the least it's going to be uh, a, a further evaluation and typically there's going to be some type of repairs that are necessary there. Okay, now Eric, uh, I, I know that sometimes you have suspected that I'm just an extremely good looking but vacuous guy that doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to endeavor to impress you here and let you know what I tell my clients. And then you could tell me whether or not you think I might know anything. Uh, you know, I tell my clients, don't worry about the chimney from the standpoint of number one, in new construction, conventional chimneys are outlawed anyway, because yeah. of air pollution. Number two, they're pretty, but they're useless because all the heat goes up the chimney. Number three, they're a fire hazard uh, mm -hmm. because of the creosote uh, accumulating uh, inside the chimney and yep. uh, possibly the uh, little ash uh, screen at the top being compromised and having flying ash uh, set something on fire outside yeah. the house. So what I usually suggest to them is to get a bring in a gas line, um, a put in uh, one of those uh, uh, gas fireplaces that are throwing off 45,000 BTUs of heat out of the fireplace. Um, you know, it's got a remote control. Uh, it's got lights. It's got five different levels of flame. Uh, you can really play around with it. It works really nice if yeah. you spend 80% of your time in your family room. 
uh, and heating it up and then just put a sheet metal flue up the middle uh, to right. up the center of the chimney to deal with the uh, uh, deteriorated fire brick lining. Uh, would you say that uh, that is a good suggestion? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, most people see that fireplace and they and they think uh, very romantic thoughts about having a fire late at night. Uh, but most people don't remember that uh, firewood warms you twice. Once when you're burning it, but the first time is when you're out there cutting it and splitting it out in the rain and the cold. Um, you know, splinters tweak your back out a little bit and all of a sudden that fire doesn't look as uh, enjoyable a, a, as it originally was uh, but definitely if, if the chimney's cracked you know that's a great solution um, and, and it's instant ambiance as you said you press a button you've got a fire there are actually some that uh, have a thermostat well that flame will come on at a preset temperature um, and it's perfect you don't have to go outside you don't have to chop wood you press a button and you've got fire and heat and uh, it's, it's a perfect solution. So I'm confident with my suggestion up to a point and uh, the point up to is the, uh, the shoulder of the roof, the shoulder of the yes. fireplace where you have the crack from the roof up of the top of the chimney. So I could see where the solution I'm suggesting of uh, putting in a gas unit with a sheet metal flue uh, works very nicely. But what's the standard of practice for uh, remedying the, uh, the cracked uh, top of the chimney? Uh, so typically it's a, it's a two-stage process where they would remove that mortar from that crack and they can remortar that area to get some strength. Uh, but the real strength is we put what we call tiebacks. So you basically surround that chimney with steel and then tie it into the roof structure at at least two different points. You basically want to stop any potential movement of that big heavy piece of masonry up there on the roof. Okay, yeah, that, that, that makes perfectly good sense. And I'm thinking if, and that's a big if, that's if underlined capital I, capital F, you could get a building permit to demo the chimney and rebuild it if, which I doubt, because it's not building code anymore, putting in a wood burning fireplace, correct, uh, Eric? Yeah, most, most homes, you cannot have an actual wood burning fireplace, uh, but you could put a zero clearance or you could put a gas log fireplace in there. Okay, so if you were going to try to rebuild a fireplace, it would easily cost twice the price for a substandard outcome, uh, as opposed to uh, putting in the sheet metal flue, doing the reconstruction on the top of the exterior of the chimney, and putting in the uh, gas appliance uh, with the remote control. Would you say that's an accurate statement? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and the other thing to remember is, uh, at least where I live, uh, you have designated burn days. So even if you do have a nice fireplace that you can use that's functional, uh, the county might not even let you have a fire that day. The beauty of the gas log is it's completely clean uh, compared to burning a log. So you could have it uh, any time of day or night, you could be enjoying that fire. Yeah, so I think the takeaway is even when you have the dreaded quote-unquote further inspection on the chimney, uh, 
basically, the inspector is giving everybody a heads up that they're red tagging a component of the house that's obsolete anyway. Would you say that's right. a good way of describing it? Yeah, absolutely. Most people don't use it. Um, and it's just sort of, it's almost a, a waste of, of resources to have it anymore. So let's, let's think of a better way to use that or, or repurpose it. Okay. Now, would you say it's better to just recondition the exterior for uh, cosmetic purposes uh, and put in the uh, gas uh, insert, so to speak? Uh, or is it better to just take the whole brick structure down, save the bricks and use them for landscaping and then yeah. uh, put in new siding or is that overkill? You know, uh, every situation is going to be different. Uh, maybe you have a two story house. Maybe it's an older house where the chimney's right in the center of the house uh, versus on the exterior of the house. So each case is going to be different, but um, we are in California, we have other concerns to deal with such as earthquakes and you have a big piece of masonry basically hovering above your house and your neighbor's house. And if there's a problem there, um, you know, someone's gonna be knocking on your door wondering what the solution is. So I would usually recommend trying to take it down if it's financially feasible and makes sense. Okay. Uh, and I've got one more curveball to toss at you. Now I know Eric, Eric you're thinking, John never throws me a curveball. He's always yeah. lobbing softballs to me. Right. Here, here's the curveball. I find this to be slightly irritating, but I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, somebody has put in an insert, you know, a pellet insert or some yeah. kind of an ancient insert that, mm -hmm. that dates back to the 70s, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they got the big scoops with the pellets or... Yeah. Some kind of cockamamie fueling system. The, right. the thing is older than Medusa. Uh, you know, nobody knows if it works or not. You don't know what is behind it. So right. the inspectors take one look at that and say, whoa, Nelly, uh, I don't know anything about this. I don't want to know anything about this. Right. So we have an inspection with this huge question mark on page five about right. this ancient insert, uh, what would you suggest and uh, uh, next steps and best practices? Uh, well, as a, as a well-seasoned agent, uh, you're probably gonna wanna have somewhere in your phone, some phone numbers of a chimney inspector, uh, a chimney sweep, there's still such a thing as a chimney sweep in these days. Uh, and you need to have him come out because he's actually licensed to disassemble that to a certain degree, look inside there, see how that thing's been installed, see if it can work safely. He's the specialist in that. So you're going to want to have that guy on your speed dial if you do have an issue with that fireplace. And like you said, we have no way of knowing what did they do to get that thing installed. Normally they do have to do some damage to your original firebox there. So even if you removed it, you might not be able to use it as a fireplace typically. So get your specialist out there to take a look at that and uh, determine whether it's safe to use and what the next you know, steps would be. Very good. Now I'm going to give you a counter offer on that one. All right. I'm going to give you a counter offer. What I would do is 
I would engage with one of those modern wood stove guys. Mm-hmm. I know there's a vendor in Minnesota that makes really sweet ones. Yeah. And I have, have them come out, take a look at it, and give me an estimate for pulling it out and installing a new one since they're figuring uh, they could probably remedy any damage in the firebox with uh, with uh, uh, sheet metal and they're not going to have to rebuild it. And I could probably articulate an alternative remedy without a lot of open-endedness. So what do you think about that option? I think that that's a good solution, John. It, it almost sounds as if you've done this once or twice before in the past and you have a little experience to, to, to pull from. Well, it's kind of it's kind of metaphorical to when I'm talking <laughs> to my wife when I say, did did I say this to you already or did I just think of it and not say <laughs> it? You know, so I can tell you this. I have thought about it many times. Yeah, uh, I have installed one of those uh gas appliances inside my fireplace in my family room and i gotta tell you it's one of the most useful uh home improvements i've ever put in yeah yeah i I don't think you'd ever be uh unhappy um because typically when you looked at the home you bought the home that's one of the, the things that you checked off your checklist that's something you wanted to have a fireplace. You don't know if it works or not, but you wanted to have that fireplace. Now, if there's a problem with that, there is a solution. Like you talked about a nice new wood burning stove or a gas insert, some way that you can still enjoy that fireplace without all the work or the headache that usually goes along with that. Now you did reference uh, something before And uh, I know it might shock you when I say this, you're going to think, wow, John actually listens to what I say. Uh, (laughs) You were talking about zero clearance fireplaces. You know, when I think of a zero clearance fireplace, of which I've seen a few, not many, I I think of an instant hot water heater. You know, Mm -hmm. the same kind of an image comes into my mind. Something uh, that's minimalist in size, metal affixed to the outside of the house uh, with some kind of a container that it feeds into inside the house. Can you enlighten us on a zero clearance fireplace and how viable that is as a solution to buyers who query agents and say, I want a house with a fireplace. And the agent says they're non-code complying now, but how about we do this? Please help us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Right about 1979, and the date would be important if you lived in California, we had a rather large earthquake up in the Bay Area, and suddenly the code two years later changed, and most homes at that point no longer had a masonry fireplace built. Uh, It's a very expensive, very heavy, time-consuming thing to have installed in the home. So we went to a zero clearance. Uh, which was uh, basically a way of having a fireplace without having to build all the masonry. You can have a uh, enclosed structure and build a wood frame around this structure, basically, that would be able to contain a fire built in a fireplace, but not have to be built out of masonry. It's a metal flue, a metal firebox. It has masonry reflectors in the back of the firebox and at the bottom 
completely safe, legal, code compliant way to still have a fireplace in the house. If your county allows you to uh, build a fireplace that is capable of burning wood. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing those in Blossom Valley, Santa Teresa, with the make-believe brick facades outside. Yeah, yeah yes, absolutely. Yes. So now you're going to make me uh, say an anecdote, tell an anecdote. Well, we Raphael, wish you are we allowed to say, tell anecdotes on these videos? What the hell? I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. We're going to talk about an anecdote. There you yes, go. That, that that uh, that earthquake uh, that you were talking about in the late seventies. Um, so uh, I owned a house at six twenty five South Sixteenth Street, uh, just east of San Jose State. It was built in nineteen twenty six. Uh, on the uh, it was across the street from William Street Park. On the first level was a uh, an attached uh, two car garage. On the second level was a rec room where the original doctor owner uh, built it for his office, uh, right. living room, kitchen, dining room, family room, and then upstairs with bedrooms. So there was an earthquake. Uh, the chandelier swang, swung back and forth, back and forth in the dining room, crystal chandelier, never hit the ceiling, didn't fall off the, didn't fall off the ceiling. But what right. I do remember, what I do remember is we had a swimming pool uh, mm -hmm. just west of the uh, the two-car garage. And the pool emptied itself out yeah. through the garage mm -hmm. and down the driveway into the street. Swoosh, swoosh, swish, I... swish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could have probably surfed it for a little while until all the water emptied out, out of that thing. Yeah. And now that you mention it, I remember having Jones Masonry coming out uh, and uh, they, uh, they got the, the double flu, double chimney on uh -huh. the North side of the house uh, back in operational. And, and, and now I remember even back in the late seventies, I put in a, a, a gas uh, appliance inside because I didn't want to fool around with the compromised fire brick lining. Yeah. So so there you go. So uh, words to the wives. Uh, uh, what words to the wives would you give uh, listing agents, buyers, agents, buyers, sellers on uh, chimneys, chimney inspections and alternatives? Yeah, get get the chimney inspected as part of your home inspection. If there are any issues with that, call the pros out, see what type of solutions there are. Work with your buyer or if you are the buyer, figure out which way you'd like to repair this that will best suit you and your lifestyle. Yeah, and in addition, don't get too alarmed over it because the home inspector is basically red tagging uh, a component of the house that's non-code complying anyway. Yeah. So, you know, they're doing you a favor by suggesting that you upgrade it to some kind of a code complying uh, healthy air, um, uh, utensil. So, yes. So very good. Very good. Excellent. So, uh, Raphael, if somebody wants to order roof termite home pool inspections, how do they contact you? Absolutely. You guys can either call me or you can text me at 707-616-8762. It's that number right there next to my name, or you can email me at rbetances at homeguard.com. That's the letter R, my last name at homeguard.com. 
Excellent. Well, thank you for covering yet again another obscure but important subject. Thank you all for visiting and viewing, and we will see you on the next video. Bye-bye.